Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. As you listen to God's word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. big thank you to the praise team. Indeed, our hallelujah belongs to our Father in heaven. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the privilege of life, the gift of breath, good health, family, friends, the peace, conducive environment to be able to worship you freely, to express ourselves in this way. Father, be with us throughout the rest of the day and as we study your word we pray that Lord you make it a part of us that we can find ways in which we can apply to our daily living to your glory in Jesus name Amen Good morning everybody We continue in our series on Finding a flame. And today we'll be sharing more about telling. That's telling the gospel, sharing the word with the people around us, as Jesus would want us to do. Amen. I'll begin by sharing a couple of stories. A very personal experience, some 15, 16 years ago, or maybe more. It was one evening after work. I was a young employee of a company in Tema, industrial area. I had the privilege of having a car. And just when I left the office around 7.30 p.m., planning to use the motorway to Accra, where I lived, I discovered one of my wheels was wobbling. So I branched off to Community One and found myself a vulcanizer. While he was working on my tire, he told me he needed to replace it completely. I needed to buy a new one. And it was around 26th, 27th of the month. I had just been paid or I was just about to be paid. I sat in the front seat while he was working on the tire. I didn't know for the next 10 or 5 minutes how I was behaving but when he was done with the tire he came up to me and said young man in tree so what's, what's wrong with you I said oh, what's wrong with me he said you don't look alright why are you murmuring and it seems like you're talking to yourself and lamenting and I can imagine what I was talk, thinking about at that time why why is it that all these kind of things happen just when you're about to get some money or when I'm just broke at the bottom level then more of these troubles so apparently I was sitting in the car with my hand on my chin (laughs) and I was thinking to myself and angry at many things and just upset with myself I know some of you feel that way sometimes in this room my big brother is here it looks like my twin brother today and I can tell that it happens to him too. 
and to many people we talk a lot but I was just lamenting to myself very downhearted very disturbed and angry at circumstances around me this guy walked up to me and said young man don't worry just be grateful for what you have you have a job I said oh yeah I have a job I'm coming from work so praise the Lord then he asked is this your car I said yeah reluctantly I said yes it's my car said, oh you have a car it's your own car praise the Lord then he told me not to worry that God would solve whatever problem I was thinking about I, I left there feeling very relieved I was going to drive on the motorway. It's around 8 p.m. I started thinking about it myself. In fact, he actually said, what if this tire actually bust on the motorway? What would have happened to you? Just think about it and thank your God. So he gave me three lessons. And this was a young boy, a vulcanizer, I didn't know. I think that man saved me in many ways that day. My mind would have been somewhere else on the motorway. It was badly lit. I'd have veered off. The tie could have just burst on the motorway if God hadn't prompted me and sent me to this guy. Many things could have happened. But this man who didn't know me found the right opportunity to minister unto me in his own way. What if this young man said nothing? What if a tire burst on the motorway? Think about it. A second story, which I've probably shared before. This is my first year in university. I was still a very confused young man. I used to go to church, heard all the gospels, but I also had another life. I was unsure about my future. Where would I go if I died? I'd heard about the story of grace but I thought it was just an excuse by people who just wanted to have fun to say, oh, I mean, God always loves me so I can do whatever I want. So I always questioned that whole doctrine and I had a problem with it. Then I got invited, underline the word, invited to a seminar, like a conference one evening. And... Um, it was all about teachings on God's grace. Ephesians 2.8 and all the teachings of Paul around that subject matter. For the first time in many, 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 many sermons or teachings, the Holy Spirit ministered unto me. The scales fell off my eyes. It suddenly felt like cold water poured um, over my heart. I just suddenly received the message. And for the first time, the term amazing grace meant something to me. I was like, I ran up to somebody, one of the leaders. He said, this is truly amazing. And he said, that's why we call it amazing grace. It's amazing, isn't it? I was so excited. All week, I was happy, jumping about. I became a different guy. Before then, every night, I would put myself on a scale, measure my good deeds versus my bad deeds. 
and decide that, all right, if I die tonight, my good will outweigh. I'll pass the judgment. But that night, or that whole week, I felt like a free man. Submitted myself to the baptism class, a new, new believers class. Got baptized. And I've been happy ever since. Slept soundly ever since. Somebody invited me. Many people put things together. And I was just a guest. And God spoke to me and ministered to me that evening. I'm sure we all have stories where somebody told you about Christ or said something that lifted your soul, that prevented you from doing something very bad. You probably received some tracts and somebody wrote it, somebody printed it, somebody designed it. Someone probably invited you to church for the first time some years ago or today. And you are here and God would meet you here today or God met you at that time. Maybe a stranger, an evangelist, or anybody met you somewhere and said something to you about Jesus. Maybe your school assembly, uh, morning devotions, or SU, or any of those groups, people made it happen. Musical ministration, that cuts through the hearts of many people. They weep when song ministrations happen because they find points of connection. And they surrender themselves to Christ. Could be a crusade or someone just confidently reaching out to somebody and saying can i pray for you and that miracle happens it took somebody to do that maybe somebody's testimony shared just connected with you resonated with you the holy spirit ministered unto you and you decided to follow jesus it could be drama it could be a movie people acted it someone put it in the in the console and someone played it preacher at church or a teacher in Sunday school. That might have been the first place you heard about Jesus or when you made a decision. It could be on social media, WhatsApp posts, on Twitter, or whatever. It could be a televangelist or someone preaching on TV or radio or some free devotional material. Friends, it could be parents, it could be family. Somebody made the effort made the efforts to make it happen. Amen. I want to spend a moment. I want to spend a moment to think about how you first heard the gospel or where it first meant something to you or whose life you saw that made, made you believe that this was possible. Just a moment. Think about it. Just say a prayer for that person because that person was obedient or that team was obedient. Amen. Let's turn our Bibles to Matthew 28. Matthew 28, 16 to 20. Matthew 28, 16 to 20. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son 
and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you I'm with you always to the very end of age Amen um, a number of key words in here go it's an instruction it says we should go do something, move we have been commissioned to take action I looked up commissioning and it's a formal contract or formal assignment given to someone to do something on behalf of the person commissioning the job. So Jesus was here on this earth, walking on the face of this earth, telling people about the kingdom, telling them about the good news, teaching them to obey um, the word of the Lord and helping them to um, overcome so many challenges, including sicknesses and other things. When he was leaving, he commissioned us. And this was after his resurrection. He met with up with his disciples and the multitudes on, uh, in Galilee, on the mountain in Galilee. And then he preached this to them, or he instructed them to do this. He gave them this mandate. He commissioned them to go out and do this, and make disciples. Out of that, you and I are here today. Disciples today in another part of the world from where Jesus was. Some people were obedient and they went and they did it. Amen. We cannot remain in our cozy comfort zones. We got saved and we're living the good life. We can sleep soundly. We have assurance of our destiny. We'll go to heaven when we die and we are fine. I don't think Jesus wants it that way. Yes, that's an assurance for you, but he wants us to go out to work. When ambassadors are sent uh, to the nations, I think that the countries actually make provision for them to be very comfortable, to be safe, to be secure. They have all the needs met so that they would not worry about those cares of life but focus on the mandate the presidency has given to them. In the same way, Jesus has asked us to go out. He saved us, he's provided for us, he's covering us with his blood. We call on him anytime we have any need. We worship him, we praise him, we have a nice family, nice fellowship, nice community, everything good, but we have a job at stake. We should not think that it's all about the luxuries, and the nice things that he gives to us. Uh, that's the purpose. Those are all enablers. Those are all things to make that task easy. How are you tracking on this mandate? Do a self-assessment. January, February, March, April, May. Who, do, who have we spoken to about this good news? Who have we encouraged? Who have we invited to a meeting somewhere where you know would make a difference in their lives? What have we done about it? Many organizations will be having their mid-year assessments around this time, or probably in June. Let's take our own scores now. What would Jesus mark you? They'll tell you, all right, bring your own assessment, and we'll talk about it. <laughs> How are you tracking? Many people will put a plus two or three above where they think they are because they know the boss will bring it down. But let's be honest with ourselves. Go. Make disciples in our communities, in our homes, in our families. How are we doing with that?
if this was the only task God gave us, how much score would you give yourself? How many stars do you think you would have? Or in some more stricter environments, how many lashes do you think you would have? Bring your own cane. <laughs> Thank God for grace. A second key word here, or maybe sentence or phrases, make disciples of all nations. Make disciples. All right. Disciple them. Discipleship is about mentoring, about coaching, about modeling your life for others to follow, carrying people along with you. Do you have anybody in your life today that is looking up to you in any way towards Christ, towards a healthy family life? Are you discipling anybody today? Or are we just living in our silos? isolating ourselves and being comfortable with what God has blessed us with. We have siblings, older and younger ones we can, we can influence towards Christ in many creative ways. We have friends, we have colleagues, we have our own children, something some of us neglect, which is an error as Christians. We have the first responsibility to model our lives and bring our children uh, to be obedient and to love the Lord and to understand his gospel. What are we doing about that and how are we doing? Our nephews and nieces, students all around us who are looking up to us, who need answers, who have questions all about, what are we doing about that? People of all tribes and nations, as people who are not necessarily like you, who don't speak the same language as you, that means we can go outside our boundaries to talk to people about Jesus. We will be starting a baptism class here. We already have five uh, people enrolled. I just want to use this opportunity to announce it. That if you have not been baptized, if you've been saved, not been baptized, you can let us know. We'll put your name uh, at the back. It would would. Uh, contact you and let you know when the class will start but this is just uh, a quick one to announce it but that's just to tell you that someone invited someone here the person understood the gospel and wants to be baptized in water we are happy to do that and that's one of the first steps in making disciples for Christ third word here is to teach 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 them to be obedient the word is very clear here sometimes people will ask all right what am i uh, what am i going to do if they are, if i'm if i'm discipling people what am i supposed to do with the people around me well teach them teach them the word model the word for them and actually ask them and follow up to check if they've learned something new can give them assignments, projects, as teachers would do. Living by example and giving them interesting projects to work on. This is what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to go, he wants us to make disciples, and he wants us to teach them and bring them up. There are many avenues which we can do this. If you can't do it privately at home or in the office, in our communities, even in church, you can begin to do that, to find young friends, other people, connect with them 
and share a word of encouragement. Teach them something new. Join a teaching group. It could be in Sunday school, one of the youth classes. Just tag along and learn how to do it. At least there may be a word or two you can contribute that would help teach people. And out of that, you build your confidence to teach people even outside. So we can do this. And uh, we have an assurance here that as we do this, Jesus says, he is with us always till the end of time. He will never watch you to do this alone. He would always be with you. The Holy Spirit will be with you as you do this. So we could go through resistance. We could go through persecutions, trials, challenges, uh, points of disappointment and discouragement. But Jesus will be with us as we carry on this mandate. The job may not be easy. And your, your post that they've sent you to as an ambassador. But the presidency, the country says they will be with you. They'll send their forces to protect you and support you. And that's the same way. Jesus says, I'll be with you. He gives us his assurance. So we should not be afraid to do this. For those of you who may already be doing this, um, that's good. But how well are you doing it? What can we do more? to keep it aflame. I'll take the text which has already been shared uh, in the previous weeks. Romans 12, 6 to 8. Romans 12, 6 to 8. Romans 12, 6 to 8. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If your gift is with serving, then serve. And if it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then go ahead. Give encouragement. And if it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. And if it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Amen. These are some of the ways in which we can do what we are called to do with excellence. How do we use these different gifts? And the gifts God has given to you, which have not been mentioned in this text, to tell of God's goodness. How can we share the good news with these things? For some of you who have the prophetic gifts, I heard of a phrase called prophetic evangelism. It's a method employed mainly by charismatic Christians, Holy Spirit-filled Christians. And this is where, um, as practitioners believe, God speaks through a Christian to a non-believer to say something that will prompt that person to seek God. Not to draw that person's attention to the prophet, but that would draw the person's attention to seek God. And this has been used in crusades and outreaches in lands you do not know you've never been to things like that just help people draw closer to your message and it helps you minister unto them so if you've been blessed with this gift do not hesitate to use it some people dream and see things about people in their offices in their neighborhoods but we don't have the courage to make a move but this way can actually help lead the person towards 
uh, the gospel. Just imagine someone's been praying for something. You just walk up to the person. God speaks to you about the person. And then you go and tell the person, this is what the Lord says. And you bring some word of encouragement and pray with the person. Ask the person other questions. And through that, you might be able to help the person get to know more about Jesus. So we can tell the gospel, we can tell the good news through gifts like this. In the same text, we find gifts of service. Many of us would say, oh, all right, I do not have the spiritual gifts. I cannot prophesy. I cannot heal the sick. I cannot preach. I cannot do this or I cannot do that. But the gift of service happens to be a very interesting one. Many can turn to Christ when they see you play such roles or serve in various ways. I was encouraged some time ago in a meeting where I saw a man who was probably in his 70s, mid-70s, and he was the chief usher of that meeting. And he served me, ushered me to my seat, served me with water. And I was like, who's this man? Probably on pension, he's got a lot of time in his hands and he's serving this way. Interestingly, that day in that meeting, he was surprised. I mean, the leaders of that meeting decided to honor him because actually he was outstanding his service he would come early set up the chairs clean up the place go back change dress decently come back to the gate welcome people usher them to their seats serve them water bring them uh, material they need check on them if they are well and apparently he had been doing that for over 30 years and when he was introduced I was amazed he was introduced as professor something I cannot remember his name right now and he was introduced as a professor in this medical school at Kolebu. For several years, as a specialist and a teacher, a professor. I was so humbled. <laughs> that day, I just wish I didn't accept all the nice things he did for me. Because I was like, whoa, these are people we revere. These are people we fear. And this guy puts everything aside. And he was very brisk, quick, and served with joy and a smile. That changed so many things for me. The next week I went for that meeting, I told the team that, well, they asked how I wanted to play a role. I said I wanted to serve like that man. And that made a lot of difference in my life. And in that group, people ask today what role I play. I've been begging to serve in those kind of capacities because of what I saw this professor do some three or four years ago. Hallelujah. So your life of service can actually impact somebody. It doesn't matter what role you play at work, your position in your family, your title. But when it comes to things of God, service is what he calls us to do. Washing the feet of others, humbling yourselves and serving, not feeling above anybody else, or even encouraging people who actually have the time and the strength to do it. It's a beautiful way um, to serve. And this is a strategy that has been adopted by a group that I know, which is the Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship. And uh, it was founded in 1952 in California. When the founder was asked, after many years, after he had set up um, chapters across the, uh, about 160 countries around the world, when he was asked what his gift was, he just said, I'm a helper. I'm here to help and serve. 
And that's what he knew how to do best. At the background, organizing seminars and dinners, inviting people and telling them about Christ or having people share their own stories with them. That ministry has helped save thousands, thousands of people around the world. This guy hated the spotlight. He just loved to serve at the background and many got saved. You might not want to be here speaking or teaching kids or being on the street somewhere, but you can help. You have some skill of putting things together, organizing things, putting systems together. How can you put that to use? That's a gift that you can use to tell people about the gospel. The gift of encouragement, which was shared in here, in verse 8, if it is to encourage, then give encouragement. That vulcanizer that day, that tie fixer ministered to me. Since then, any time I get discouraged or any time it gets to that time of the month or things look bad, I just remember him. And this is over almost 20 years ago. I just remember him and I get encouraged. I just remember him and I smile. I just remember him and I start singing praises. What can you tell somebody? Are you putting more fuel in a burning situation? Or you have some words of encouragement or calm to soothe the person's day. That encouragement can help. Many came to Christ. They gave up, ran away. But if an encourager was close by, he could have just put his hand on the shoulder and said, it is well, my brother. God will do it. Or you can get through this with Christ. A simple message can minister to somebody. And we can do it. I don't think we need a very specific or special gift to do this. It's a gift that some people really have, but you can exhibit this. And as you do it, you're fanning it aflame. And before you know, you'll be encouraging nations and people, of, people across the world with your own words. Gift of giving. Generosity opens the heart. Jesus was a big giver. He had compassion for people, fed people. Um, multitudes. And then he stayed, they stayed after he fed them many times and he ministered unto them. And the well of suspicion and greed, sometimes it becomes even very hard to give. We need to pray for more discernment for this and the courage to do, irrespective of who we think is receiving some of these gifts. We can give our time, our talent, our gifts, our counsel, it's our money and resources to win others to Christ. And we can find creative ways to do that. When you give to people, you sometimes tell them that you care. Because nobody actually has looked out, might have looked out for them. And then when you speak to them, you already have a connection of trust starting. This can be a way to minister. Mercy as the area of compassion. Some who just are compassionate, full of mercy. It's a gift. But don't just keep it to yourselves or to your home or to your small group. You can actually flag a situation that you've spotted that you think it's a worrying situation that the church needs to do something about or the people around you need to do something about or yourself or your small group can do something about. For instance, think about the perishing souls. Just think about it. If you're someone of mercy and you know people are going down, what are you going to do about it? You can mobilize. You can help people do this. And many things in here, even leading, do it with, dilig um, do it, uh, with diligence. What stops you? Some of us have gifts of leadership. 
what stops us from mobilizing three or four people on a Saturday, saying, all right, we'll just sit on this wall around here and just check out those coming and going out around the neighborhood. Just make friends with them. Tell them, hey, maybe we can meet here on Sunday. How about that? You never know. One leader who has no gift of preaching or teaching can initiate this. So let's think about it and let's do more. Second Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1, 6-7. For this reason I remind you to, farm, to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Today, let's commit to tell of the good news to somebody. Seize the opportunity like that organizer did. Invite a friend invite a family member that you haven't seen in a long time have a conversation and ask questions of faith some generous people made some things possible they paid for this place for us to use a network of actors and printers and designers made those tracks for us to use you can do something about it just remember that there are great rewards for those who heed to this directive or this commission. Remember, it's a job given to us and it comes with rewards to those who are diligent. I'd like us to bow down our heads and talk to God and make your own new commitments. Ask him to help you. Talk to him and ask him to step into that space and help you do his will to carry out his mandate use your gifts to bless others and the more we do it the more he increases us it takes one word and becomes one message becomes one book one sermon and God will be with us Father I thank you for all of us I pray that Lord um, this message will all renew our commitments to be more sensitive to the people around us, to carry out this commission you've asked us to do, to reach to the nations, make disciples, and tell, teach people to obey your word. I pray that as we do this, you would always show yourself amongst us in our own needs, that your blessings will abound in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you are here, you're not sure what we're talking about. You're not sure where you belong. You don't even think that you can be sent by God because you've not received him, you've not accepted him. I'd like you to meet us at the back. Just uh, get to the desk at the back. Just say you want to know more about how to accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. May God give us the spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church, visit our website, www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.